Welcome to the All or Nothing Podcast, where we bring to you companies that are here to change the game. And I'm your host, Rodrigo Ballone. Now, this episode, I'm going to bring on my first repeat guest on the show. Now, I don't know if I set this meeting up for you or if I did it selfishly for me. But either way, you win because you get to hear our conversation about building and growing a company. Every time I talk to her, it doesn't matter what we're talking about. We always end up talking about your sphere of influence, or in other words, who you keep around you. In our first interview, she said the most simple, but at the same time, genius statement, which was, if you're an entrepreneur, who are your friends? Are they entrepreneurs? Are they creative? Are they growing their profits on a yearly basis? You see, we always hear, keep good people around you, but we never hear that the people you keep around you are a direct reflection of you. If all your friends are constantly moving forward in life, investing in different areas and passing that knowledge, you will naturally raise your standard of living just being a part of it and more opportunities will come your way. When it comes to running a business, you have to treat it the same way. The leaders at the top need to make sure that they're creating the right culture where people like coming to work, just like people like hanging out with their friends. Good employees stay because they like it there, but also, they get new opportunities to grow and develop into better versions of themselves. Now, most entrepreneurs don't have the skill sets needed to keep on growing. They usually plateau at some point. And the reason why is because every time you grow, you're going into new territory that requires new skills that need to be developed. In some cases, the people around you can help. But in others, you may need a consultant, someone who knows what the journey is going to look like before you get there. Now, our next guest is not only one of the top consultants out there, but she's also leading an organization called Iron, where they bring together companies of all sizes, including some of the biggest companies in the world, together to network and discuss different strategies for the future. Everything from digital to virtual reality and how this new technology is going to impact your business. Now, if this sounds like your crowd, there's an event that you can go to in May hosted by Iron that's going to be held in Miami, Florida. All you need to do is go to our website, thecoolmedia.com, and you can access the link to the event. Or if you're interested in marketing your product or service to this demographic, hit us up and we'll send you the sponsorship packages and we'll walk you through the speakers, the crowd, and your overall exposure at the event. So let's go ahead and jump into this interview. Our next guest has helped take the company PeopleSoft from zero to billions. She's also helped transform companies like AOL and Sunglass Hut. Let's welcome the founder and CEO of Maximum Potential and the president of IRAM, Marianne McElreef. How are you today? Rodrigo, that's, uh, you know, like, it, you know, just a blessing to be with you. And I appreciate, you know, all of your um, comments and, uh, you know, what they say, it's breakfast for champions. Thank you so much for that. It's, it's an honor to be here. Marianne, I'm glad to have you on. I want to start off with branding and part of building your brand is creating a culture that represents the brand internally within the company. I remember back when I had my first internship, it was at Disney World in Orlando. And the first thing they tell all their employees at Disney is that it's the happiest place on earth. And it's everyone's job to display that when they're dealing with parks guests. 
As an employee, it didn't matter if you were Mickey Mouse or if you were working a concession stand. It was your job to give the customer a pleasant experience. And I personally saw it work day after day. Employees that weren't exactly part of the show still left positive impressions when dealing with guests. And that has always stuck with me ever since. Now, one of the main things that amazes me about you is that you've helped transform a lot of companies. So what advice can you give leaders out there that are struggling to create a strong culture and strong brand? Uh, amazing question because, uh, you know, culture and branding are, are so key. Um, and I, I love what you say about, um, you know, the, you know, the team members, um, the employees, however you want to label them, but they are team members, right? So that they're going out with, you know, a happy face to the community because it's all energy, right? And um, service and, you know, it's, Disney's a, a, a wonderful example. You go on their property, you know, they just don't point you in a direction. They take you there, you know, and uh, to where you want to go. Rodrigo, and to the listeners, it starts, though, at the top with a very good, powerful vision. And that's what Dis Walt Disney had. And using his example, because, you know, they were always, a, they were a client of mine as well. You know, they, they, Walt had, you know, a vision, okay? But it wasn't only a vision, but it was a vision that had teeth on it, which means that there was a market and a constituency, you know, he, there was clarity and there was a strategy, and, you know, leading up to it um, and, 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 and the type of people um, that uh, he brought on board and the type of people he surrounded himself with. And, you know, Walt is, is one of them. Um, you know, people like uh, Dave Duffield, again, started, you know, PeopleSoft and Workday and, you know, I could, you know, go to or the Tony Robbins. You know, what are these people doing that's so different that's creating the brand in the new day today? Right, which is different because you know it's a di we have a different constituency and different market, and that's really important. So when you know, at, it, it all starts with leadership. It starts with leadership and the vision, a strong purpose, uh, a solid game plan, uh, bringing the right people on board, um, investing in those people, giving them a reason and a purpose, and making them part of the family. Like they feel like they're part of the family. It's something, people want to work on something bigger than them. And then as a whole, they are, they're, they're um, engaged. It's a big thing right now that's going on in the human capital management is this whole employee engagement. Um, and the lack of, in, uh, of that is um, costing uh, the United States alone over $4.8 billion dollars. Um, so, that, you know, that branding in this question is a very good, uh, and then what does that translate into? You do have the, the corporate culture and you start your branding. What does that mean? That means you're moving the needle on shareholder value. It seems that when it comes to change and implementing new technology, middle management is the biggest hurdle. Whether it's a fear of losing their job to technology or buying into the, the new process, if middle management doesn't translate the correct message to the rest of the team, the strategy is lost. So as a change agent, how do you get that buy-in from the top down? 
Um, it, you know, it really depends. So, like, if I am working with a software vendor, whether it's an Oracle, an IBM, a Workday, an SAP, um, whatever, um, and they're coming out with new products, you, you want to find what's called early adopters, right? Um, because uh, if they're coming out with new products and new services like IBM and Watson, right? If, if, if the culture doesn't have an early adopter mindset, you know, these salespeople are pretty much, you know, in the wrong, you know, they've got to find that constituency um, if they're early adopting, you know, new software solutions into that, their vendors. Now, um, if it's just a simple idea that somebody within in the corporation wants to um, see executed within the corporation, you know, they have to identify their market. Even internally, you know, we do events, maximum potential, on the corporate millionaire minds, and we teach internal um, team members, leaders, and, our, and internal executives how to have that corporate entrepreneurial mind to, you know, make innovation, make the change, and how do you, you know, instead of pushing your idea, how do you get your idea and collaborate across the different uh, departments so that people are engaged? And how do you do that? Is um, there's, uh, you know, we're, we're masters, you know, um, NLP and neural associated conditioning and, and our own methodology, which is the rapid engineered mind study of 22 different psychologies and human behavior. And so this is what we teach, you know, executives and team members of how to not only get their projects sold internally, but, you know, that's, to me, that's the easy part, okay? It's, it's keeping the, the, the sponsors engaged and the projects funded moving forward and getting them delivered on time and on budget. You start doing that. Um, as a middle manager um, or an executive, then your projects are going get, to get approved. The, the, the thing is people, and to circle back around, middle management in a lot of companies are fearful. Why? Because one, what happens is they're not educated because when we're educated, we're not fearful, right? Or the culture has, you know, kind of kicked them back so many times with their ideas, they're not going to come forward again. Or maybe they've been burnt by software vendors. But, um, you know, it has to be the right culture. Like I remember years and years ago, you know, Toys R Us, you know, we had to actually train a, a lot of the people on, you know, mistakes are okay. You know, I love Steve Case. When I went to work for AOL when we had less than 700 employees as my client, you know, I love Steve. He said, listen, if you guys aren't moving fast enough, if you're not making mistakes, you're not moving fast enough. So the, the, you have to understand the culture of the company and how you're going to communicate and get your ideas moving uh, forward. If you're not making mistakes, you're not moving fast enough. I think that's a great quote because the truth is most companies are small and medium sized and a lot of them are making good money, but they aren't taking advantage of the technology that's out there to make them more efficient and make them more money. So what are some red flags that should indicate to a company that they should probably be looking to implement some changes to their business? Well, if revenue is not growing, that's number one. Uh, and even if their revenue is growing, you know, they want to take a look at and, and keep abreast of, you know, all of the different advancements in technology. Education is, is, is not 
power, but it's a must. You know, execution is the power. They um, So we as entrepreneurs and myself being, you know, a small, mid-sized entrepreneur myself, service, servicing these large organizations, I have the blessing of seeing what they're doing and how they're doing it. You know, they say, I'm smart. You know, these guys are brilliant. Are you kidding? And so the, the, the small and medium-sized business, it's tough for them to stay abreast of, of what are the latest technology improvements. And so to answer your question on red flags, you know, if they're um, uh, hiring faster and investing more in this whole hiring process than they are in taking a look at uh, leveraging technology, they're doing themselves a disservice. Okay? So you really have to, you know, because the, the cost of the human capital is so high right now, especially in the United States, right, um, you know, to get the experience that we need, whether it's in the area of technology or leadership or finance, if we want to take our companies public, you know, this, these are expensive resources. You know, the consulting uh, are expensive resources. So what do we do? You know, we go and look at what we're going to do with technology. So you say, okay, how do I do that as a small, mid-sized business and stay abreast of technology, you know, without spending a fortune because I don't have that in my budget? You know, get involved in associations. Like, IRAM is a perfect, um, you know, example of the International Human Resource Management Association that I'm also on the executive committee and, and board for. Um, and the, the focus of that organization is education and technology in that space. So you become a member for, you know, a very small amount of money. It's $300 a year. And, you know, they give you webinars and education and programs about what's going on specifically in the HCM space um, in technology. You get involved in your community of what's going on and educate yourself and then implement. You have to implement technology to stay alive, especially in the marketing. One of the first things I always tell, um, you know, entrepreneurs that I coach is that, you know, let's implement the CRM system customer relation management system. So if anyone on the phone is listening that's a small, medium-sized business, you know, think the first investment that you really should consider here is a CRM system. You know, whether it's a, a Salesforce on the cloud, um, and if that's too expensive, um, whether it's, you know, $80, $100 a month, and you're thinking, you know, I'm just trying to keep my doors open, you know, you go to, you know, something like a constant contact. But you have to have something to keep track of your prospective customers, your customers, and also a pipeline. And you have to have information getting out to those customers, right? And so that's what's called the CRM system, a customer relation management system. And then as you grow, you get a little bit more sophisticated and you can integrate that with your billing and your uh, tracking the products that they're buying in your online store, if you have an online store and integrate your vendors. So, you know, it's a, it's a strategy mindset of how you're going to leverage technology, and you have to, because we're in the digital age right now. And if you're a small or mid-sized business and you're not looking at what's going on here, it, you're going you're to be challenged. I definitely agree. It's amazing how many companies haven't adopted simple tools like a CRM system to be more effective at their job. And it's like you said, it's a digital age. And if you're not adapting to these tools, this, to this technology, you're just going to get left behind. But also, companies need to realize that this is a great time to get familiar with digital technology. Because 
it has literally reduced the price for most of these tools that are out there. So yeah, a lot of good points there. But in this current landscape, good employees move around. They jump from company to company for different reasons, whether it's for more responsibility or higher pay. It seems like human capital is constantly on a move. So how can companies today keep good employees engaged and happy long term? Um, another amazing question. That's why I love our interviews together because you've really thought out your questions well in advance of our getting together, and I appreciate that because it just stimulates me. Um, it depends on, on uh, actually the, the employee, you know. So if we have, um, you know, and I hate labels, but I have to use them, but, you know, categorize. So if I've got a baby boomer versus a millennial versus a Gen Z coming in or a Gen X or whatever, um, now we can't categorize them because, you know, we are finding that in the last uh, 18 months that, you know, there is shift even within the own, um, their, 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 that own market, if you will. Okay, like you can't categorize millennials all being one way. All right. And, and also baby boomers. You know, you could five years ago kind of trying to do that. So let's not categorize. But we have to be aware that what's important to, you know, the employee. So, you know, if it's, if, if, if it's a, um, uh, in keeping them engaged and, you know, turnover is, is, a, is an amazing uh, drain on a company. And again, that's in the billions of dollars as well to the United States of what it's costing us for employee turnover. Um, so how do we keep that value? Well, first of all, it starts at the leadership. I always go back to leadership because leadership has to understand, and if we could show them the numbers, that because of turnover and attrition, this is what it's costing the company um, and, uh, and, and the knowledge going out. And so we do that, and so we get funds where we can educate um, the existing employees and what's important to them across the board. I don't care if they're 18 or 80. They all want to education. They want to be the best that they can be at what they do. And, and that gives them confidence. And the company needs to educate and invest in their employees, you know, send them out to education, have education, have people come in and, you know, have virtual. But also it's that live face-to-face -face workshops that are very important. Um, you know, a couple of years back, companies, you know, were cutting budgets, you know, and saying, oh, we're going to just do all virtual, you know, training, you know, and basically, you know, so that they look at the computer and that's it. But you know what, when you want to train, there's FaceTime that's required to connect with that group that's, that you're training so that you can see, because not everyone on that computer, if you're training, you know, a thousand people, how are you going to see and, and connect with them? You know, how are the great people successful? Why are companies having annual meetings? It's because, or quarterly meetings, and they're training their people um, and, and giving them, so education is, is very important, and giving them the tools that they need to do their job. And that's one of the biggest things I hear in corporations is surveys that have been done is that I like my job, but I don't have all the right updated tools to do it, you know, especially the, the, the uh, X, millennials, and Z. You know, they are smart. 
very smart, okay? They want the latest and greatest tools to use in their jobs. And if companies aren't offering them that opportunity to learn the new tools, right, not just throw the new tools and the new technology over the fence, but to educate them and, and mentor them and sponsor them uh, on that, um, they're going to leave, you know? So as long, it's like any relationship, Rodrigo, right? If you feel like you're being appreciated and you're growing, it's number one thing. Harvard, so many companies have done um, uh, uh, studies regarding this, you know? Everyone wants some level of progress. Uh, so if these employees are going to feel like they're progressing, then we need the leadership and the management to show them that. And, 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 and they'll stay longer with the company. But you've got to stimulate. And the company has got to come out with new innovative products themselves. It can't be just the same old thing, you know. And it goes back to if, if they'll stay if there's a culture of fun and flexibility. That's what's happening right now is that people want to have fun. Everybody is so beaten down by the economy and family pressure and bills, and then they go into work, and then, you know, they're feeling another pressure, you know. You want to create an environment within your company that the employee actually wants to come to work. One of my board members, you know what he says to me when we get on our, our weekly uh, board calls? TGIM, Marianne. I'm like, <laughs> thank God it. Thank God it's Monday. Mm-hmm. That's completely opposite. I mean, if we have going on right all now. of our, imagine that. Imagine that, like years ago, where IBM they used to sing songs every morning before they went to work. TGIM. Yeah, that's a great mentality to have for obvious reasons. You mentioned progress and how everyone wants to see progress. But there's a lot of companies out there that are struggling to raise their stock. Can you talk about how innovation and leadership can help drive their value up? Well, I can tell you that if they're not, they're, you know, their stock's probably not going to go in the right direction, especially with the new administration. <laughs> so, so, mm -hmm. so, yeah, um, you, you know, it, it's, um, you know, it's the thing again, it, it goes back to one of your first questions. It's branding and culture, right? And it's innovation and um, uh, getting out of the box of, you know, what, because we're moving at light speeds, not only in the healthcare, in every single industry is moving at light speed right now. And, 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 and technology has allowed us to do that, right? Whether you're in the hotel business, like Miami is perfect because, you know, um, you know the constituency and market here is hotels and entertainment and all that, right? So with the, the, the breadth of the Internet, you know, they have to be, you know, a five-star hotel is really a five-star hotel, and they have to be innovative and new and creative things. And, and how do companies get innovative? What do they do? You know, well, you set a standard, you know, at the top, and you bring in the, you know, the people that have that mindset and that drive and that hunger and that intellect. You know, there's a lot of knowledge out there, a lot of executives, and I work with tons of them that are brilliant 
and you, you know, and, and they may not be brilliant, you know, with, um, you know, employee facing. So, you know, they don't have a team of, you know, 300 people that work for them, right? You know, they may only have two or three that report directly to them, and then they have huge teams. But their brains are thinking always on innovative new ways to do business. You know, not only new products, but how to do business. And that's really important because, remember, you know, I am a baby boomer, and I was in, you know, Silicon Valley and saw how many companies with great products I mean, really, kick butt products fail, and 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 that's why I say it's not only the product that you have to innovate, but it's also your culture and your branding and and the marketing, and and always thinking about what how, what are you going to do that's going to separate you from the rest of the people, and then I'm really going to throw a, a curveball at you, um, and that's how I met one of my best friends, Dave Duffield is I never looked at people as competitors. So I was the chief information officer at Information Science, and Dave was the chairman at Integral. And we were competitors. Our companies were competitors. But we were just so passionate about changing the way the world did business. And basically, that's the kind of mindset you have. So go out and collaborate with um, your competitors and see what they're doing and don't look at them as, as competitors. You know, maybe you could join alliances. I'll give you another example that's most recent, not, you know, years ago with Dave, who was still good friends, but the new board I put together for, uh, uh, we're doing global communities all over the United States and then the world with IRAM. And um, what we're doing is we're diversifying and we're going to have vendors from all the different competing <laughs> organizations, right? So we'll have SAP and Workday and IBM and Oracle, and then we're going also out to the practitioners and having the heads of human resource from, you know, Office Depot and all these different other large, very large organizations, and we're going to work together. And you're thinking, wow, that's pretty incredible. Right, and that's what, what IRAM is doing, and that's what, you know, Maximum Potential, you know, teaches and we not only teach it, we not only preach it, but we live it. And we're living it through IRAM and through our customers. And, and, and if companies are not, they need to look at how they're going to do this. You're currently one of the board members at an association called IRAM, which is a network that focuses on innovation. IRAM brings together some of the biggest companies in the world, along with the CIOs that represent them. Now, this sounds like a great group to be around and bounce ideas off of, but what initially attracted you to IRAM? Well, that's, that's another good question. Uh, about uh, or a little over 25 years ago, when I was a top performer after we took a company public and blah, 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 I got laid off. How does that grab you as a top performer? Um, and uh, I was like, whoa, what do I do now, you know? Um, and I was uh, in my mid mid twenties. How's that? <laughs> so, I um, two things happened to me. Uh, uh, um, uh, what what was a competitor, which was Dave Duffield, said he was going to start a company. He thought he was going to call it PeopleSoft. And the second thing I did was join Iram, and and I I joined them to contribute. I I just you know they were a startup. Um, organization at the time, and uh, they were in the technology and human capital field, 
which, um, you know, I was told that I was pretty good at what I did back then, obviously, taking some companies public. And uh, so I said, okay, you know, why don't I contribute? And I got involved with IRM, and it was a blessing. Um, and, you know, my business grew. I mean, just people, you know, my sphere of influence grew, and that's one of the things that, you know, one of the people that I coach, um, Ed Devai, who is owner of Forbes Latin America, and he says that the one thing, Marianne, everything she coaches me on that I love is sphere of influence. So that's what IRM did for me back then in the day. And then, and then, you know, I worked with them for a little while, and then I checked out for a little while, you know, because, you know, running a business is very time-consuming. And uh, then I got back engaged about a year and a half ago um, to institute two things within IRM that are very important um, that they kind of lost sight of, and probably a big reason why I checked out. One was the vendor community, and the vendor was a very important part of IRM. And they, uh, big sponsors, you know, it's the big companies like this that have the advancements in technology. And matching them up with the big corporate executives is a key component. And those were two things that IRM as an education firm kind of lost. They became so holistic. They, and so I said a year ago, fine, I'll come on the board, and actually I'm on the executive committee as well. Um, if there's a commitment by the whole board, that we are going to focus on those two areas. That would be setting up global communities around the world and also engaging the vendors as a brother and sister versus a third-class uh, cousin. So we're so excited, and uh, we've launched uh, – well, uh, the board said, why Florida? So we, I said, because I live here. <laughs> but, so we're launching the uh, – we've already launched the first uh, – uh, of several communities uh, here in Florida, and we're real excited. We're going to have a nice event in May and, and another one in September. And then going back to contribution, which every company needs to do, is we're going to have a, um, you know, a party for, with a purpose, and that will be in November around Thanksgiving where we'll donate a, hopefully a substantial amount of money to um, our community and, and a good cause. So IRM's amazing. I, I really uh, think that um, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, uh, or a large company, it, it's, a, you know, you know low-cost entry, huge value. Who can benefit from attending these events and joining the network? If you are in the HCM, human capital space, or you're in technology, in the or advanced technology, and you want to learn more about virtual reality and Watson and what the future is bringing. That's why I love Tom Peters. You know, he was, that's how he made himself so successful. He always knew it was going to come down and talked about the future. And so anyone that's interested in um, what's going to go on in the future, uh, that's a big thing and why they should join and get educated. You know, it's a, it's a low-cost entry to educate yourself and to network with some um, a good sphere of influence. You know, you want to meet people that, you know, are running, you know, very large mega billion dollar companies. Um, that's who our board is. That's who our speakers will be. Um, and uh, our whole marketing strategy, obviously, you know, tip for everyone if you're not doing it, our whole marketing strategy is at, at the, you know, a very successful executive level and major entrepreneur. 
because any business or organization, if you target market that constituency, um, you know, they will bring in and what they call, you know, the drag, which is an ugly marketing term, but, you know, they'll bring in their people. So, you know, it's people that want to get connected and to learn and to have some fun. You know, every one of our events will have a happy hour, and um, they're not the traditional chicken lunch. Um, you know, on the board here in Florida, we have, you know, someone that's in charge of um, edutainment. That's education and, edu and, and entertainment. Uh, someone that, um, you know, is, uh, was in the movie business um, is on our board, and um, you're thinking, wow, how does that, and that's the beauty of, like I tell them, you know, Tony Robbins is amazing. How do you think he fills a room with 10,000 people when he does his events several times a year? He, he entertains them. So we need to have fun during our education process. And then after that, um, you know, we want to have social hours that people are not only connecting from a business standpoint, but they're connecting friends. You know, there's new people. I get calls, you know, from a few executives here in the Florida area saying, hey, I just want to come so I can meet some people. I just moved from New York. <laughs> yeah, networking is always a big part of growing your business and, and getting things done. But I wanted to ask you about habits because you're pretty good at evaluating companies and evaluating the people inside the company. So I wanted to ask you about forming habits because it's human nature to form habits. But in business, that could result in you closing down. So how can the people that built a company identify that what got them here may not be the best route moving forward? I can almost guarantee you what got us here and is not going to get us <laughs> to, to the next. I mean, that's, you know, uh, eight out of ten companies. You know, unless, you know, unless you're in, in, in the, the steel business right now <laughs> or infrastructure business. Um, but even if you're in that business as well, you know, change, you know, is inevitable. So, you know, you've got to change. Again, one of your questions was, how do I keep employees? Well, how do you keep employees? You know, you innovate. You make change. You have to keep moving forward. If a business isn't moving forward, it's dying. It's going backwards. Again, I go back to any relationship, whether it's the relationship that you have in your company and to your shareholders, or whether it's your significant other or your friends. If the relationship is not moving forward in a great direction and uh, it just doesn't stand still. I mean, uh, when I was in my mid-20s, you know, you know, although I know I've mentored him, but he's mentored me so much more. Dave Duffield told me when I was a young kid, Marianne, if you're not growing, you're dying. So habits are good, okay? Let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater, okay? When Hammer and Trampy came out with the book uh, uh, Reengineering, right? I came out with the, uh, when they came out with the term engineering, I came out with the term with rapid reengineering. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. There's some really good disciplines and what we call in habits within corporations, but it's always a good thing on a quarterly basis to have strategy meetings to take a look at what's driving the revenue, what kind of procedures, processes, innovations, technologies, groups within the company, teams are forging in a productive, profitable uh, path, and, and what areas are not. 
And it's always better to do that on a proactive basis versus a reactive basis. You want to see the companies, their stock prices are going up. You know, take a look at what's going on inside their companies. You know, they're changing constantly, whether it's a new, an Uber or it's an IBM that's, you know, a long, you know, big blue company or, you know, it's the Workdays, the SAPs, the, you know, they're, they're constantly just tweaking how they're going, even the car business, right? They, got, they, got, they, they had to, the automotive business. Uh-huh. So and we should look at that on a quarterly basis. The bottom line is look at that on a quarterly basis. You know, look at, you know, your culture. Look at the teams. Look at the leadership. Look at the education. So that whole personal human capital part of it. Take a look at um, the innovation in products, what kind of products that you have on the drawing board. You know, what, how are they performing? What are they doing? What is the future for those products? What's the segment? Again, one of my clients was Sunglass Hut. And when I moved here way back, I mean, they were, the stock was going crazy. And um, they sunk $25 million into an implementation, and I was just blown away. I didn't know anybody over there, but I called the CIO, and she and I are still great friends today. Her name is Michael, believe it or not. So I was going to get on the phone with a guy. But P.S. to your question, I just said, I need to talk to the chief information officer, and they hooked me up, and she said, this is Michael. I was like, hi, this is Marianne. I don't know you, but you just tanked $25 million. I said, that's crazy. And she said, you're absolutely right. I just got here. She said last week, who are you? <laughs> and so, um, you know, she and I have done an amazing amount of business together and, and, and help companies uh, grow and, 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 and profit. So you have to look at it constantly. And if your leadership team is not looking at it, then you should give them the funds to do that if you're listening on here. Um, you know, and, 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 and uh, get the budget to, you know, hold these strategy meetings. Um, one of the processes within our methodology, the rapid implementation methodology, which I authored, is one of the first um, modules within RIM is the strategic planning module. And that just doesn't happen when you start your company. It's constantly, four times a year. And that's where you get all your executives together in a room, and I call it the joint executive meeting, okay? Uh, jo joint executive development and design, and go through and just go through the whole company. I mean, people that are listening going, okay, well, you know, I don't have 10 million, you know, or even four major leaders. You know, then do it, do it with your team, you know, um, if you're a small company. You should do it in your, 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 your own family life as well. I mean, everything that we're talking about, you know, and that was the birth of the rapid engineered mind, which was the other methodology, right, which is a study of 22 different psychologies and human behavior. So that you, we want to take and look at these strategies for the other areas of our life, right? Like take, take our health. Right? I know that you, you're, you're into health as well, Rodrigo, but I mean, the industry is changing so fast. 
You know, what worked on, you know, five years ago was great, but now there's so many advancements in the health industry and what we should eat and, you know, um, you know how to keep ourselves fit and, um, you know, the planet and green and you know, all this great stuff. So every area of our life, whether it's our business, our, our, our health, our finances, okay, that's another key area, all right? You're completely right. All of these industries are constantly evolving. And like you said, healthcare, which is arguably the oldest industry out there, is still at the forefront of technology right now. Marianne, that was a great interview. You gave a lot of good information that any leader could use out there. Is there anything else you want to tell our audience before you go? Tenacity. Just have tenacity. One of our board members, I call him Tenacity Dave. Just have the tenacity. Reach out. Get the education you need. And uh, we here at Maximum Potential are ready to help you and serve you. Um, so please give us a call if I could do a pitch for our our company, which I want to recommend for everyone here on the, on the phone call. Don't remember your products and services are value to customers like ours. So please reach out to us at Maximum Potential at 305-672-1190 or check us out on our website at www.tcttraining.com and keep um, sharing your products your services and the value with, with your customers like Rodrigo. Thank you so much for helping um, the community and do what you do and uh, really maximizing technology yourself and social media. Keep it up. Thank you. I want to thank Marianne McElreef for being on the show. And if you want to hear more interviews like this, follow the All or Nothing podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Tidal. That's a wrap for this episode of All or Nothing we bring to you companies that are here to change the game. And I'm your host, Rodrigo Ballone.